This is the Blattcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world, hosted by Christian Blatt. So kick back, get ready for quite possibly the longest one hour to perhaps the shortest two hours and 56 minutes of your life. Christian Blatt. Welcome to the Black Cast. As always, I am Christian Blatt. This is the Black Cast. Uh, our pal David Brody should be joining us momentarily, but right here at the start of the show, making his triumphant return Hello. back to the Black Cast, the one, the only, Ryan Nelson. Ryan, how are you, sir? It's so good to be here, Christian. I'm doing all right. How are you? You know, I'm doing great. Uh, I was telling you before we started, uh, we took the took the kids to the to the pumpkin farm uh, about uh, 40 miles north of L.A. Oh, and wow. uh, we had a fun filled afternoon. Pumpkins were procured. But when you live in Southern California, the carving can't happen until like the day before Halloween because it's oh, so God. hot. You That's know? lovely. It's a nice yeah. little fall day. Yeah. And then but, what better yeah. way to cap it off? Right, about. exactly. Uh, getting a chance to talk about Ahsoka. And when I knew this show was going to happen, uh, there was really only one person that I wanted to talk to about. <laughs> and it's you because of, uh, you know, I have met other people that are uh, well versed in the Star Wars animated series, uh, <laughs> specifically Clone Wars and uh, Rebels, because Look, I can I could talk all day about uh, droids and Ewoks from uh, 1985, but uh, there's there's only let's see, uh, 26 episodes of Ewoks and 13 of droids in the TV movie, so right. it's a little easier to rein that in. And uh, everything that I saw in Clone Wars and Rebels, I liked very much, but for uh, for the the younger among you, including yourself, it might be hard to imagine. It was really hard to follow when it was going to be on when it first started on Cartoon Network. Right. I didn't have a DVR at the time. I had oh, to man. set my VCR. I had to know that it was back. And I didn't always know that the show was back. And so I would catch like, you know, bunches of episodes. And then, you know, it would go away for a little while. And I was like, oh, man, I miss it. And a, yes. uh, a, a drama show that I liked very much that I had the same problem with was uh, the Dennis Leary show Rescue Me. I really mm. like that show. Hard to DVR back in the day. What, when you had a VCR and you didn't have a DVR, you had to know that shows were on. And when I was a kid, my mom would subscribe to TV Guide. Oh, and I would look through that thing every week. But, you know, I was, I was an adult. I was in my 20s. I was living in Los right. Angeles. I didn't have the TV Guide, and so I didn't know. Now, I would definitely know. So what I saw, I liked. I saw the Clone Wars movie in the theater before the series premiered. Yes. I loved it. I thought it was great. Same, I was like, yeah. oh, this is going to be fun. Uh, but uh, I didn't keep up. You, on the other hand, uh, you kept up I on kept all up. of it. You love all of it. And I think I once said, all right, well, what are the episodes that I should really right. watch that are most important? And you're like, all right, these like 80 episodes. I was like, Ryan, that was too many. <laughs> a little too many. Well, I remember you and I were on a show uh, for when we talked Mandalorian. And yeah, we, that's when we the talk of Ahsoka even began. 
like the chance. Yeah. Oh, is this possible? Right. So it was season one. It was season one of Mandalorian we did for After Buzz with our pals uh, Zia Anderson and Steph Sabra. Right. Uh, as as you would say, that was an all star panel, wasn't it? All star panel. It was such a fun time, and yeah, I think uh, my Clone Wars fandom was showing when we were talking about that. And now, and then even fast forward to today, we're now Ahsoka's been live action for two or three years now and is a bit of a more popular character and having her own series in live yeah. action. I'm rocking the shirt. I'm rocking nice. the sweatshirt. Got this celebration the other year. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this because I think I, I do remember talking about Ahsoka with you then. And so much has happened since with that yeah. character um, to get to this series. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I, I saw a, a stretch, you know, she wasn't a, a one of the leads on Rebels, especially not when it started, but I remember seeing episodes with her. And right. uh, but so her story continued there. But yeah, so when she shows up on Mandalorian, I was like, wow, I when we did the season one of Mandalorian, I wasn't convinced yet. And I should have known because I obviously Dave Filoni's involvement. I wasn't convinced in that first season that we were going to get the animated characters. And I don't know if we got anybody. I don't even think we got, no, we did get, um, we got Bo-Katan by the end of season one, right? Or was we that did. season I, two? No, no, that was season two. A lot of that was Okay. So that's two. the, yeah, that's why, that's why it, like it all started to happen after we did that season, you know? And uh, because you had wanted Cat Bane to show up in season one. I remember you were like, there was a character. You're like, that's definitely Cat Bane. And I think it was Ming-Na-Wen instead. To yeah. I will. Yeah. Just to like real quick, I'm Ryan. I we 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 have we've I've been on these shows with Christian before. I love your channel. This is like the best. Thank you. Um, I uh, I work in in post. I used to work at a talk show network, but now I've been in post production for the past couple of years, and uh, even work at a, on a show right now with with Disney. But um, I know how hard it is to make these shows, and it's a journey. And uh, I'm a massive Star Wars fan, and I'm excited to, to break down this show with you. But I do think, like, what you were getting into there is important. Like, the context of, like, all that's come before this yeah. show. There's been so much. And, like, I feel like so much of the dialogue going into this show was, like, have you seen Rebels? Will people who haven't seen Rebels be able to follow this or not? And is it going to be in a, a, made in a way that's palatable for anyone? Is it going to be made for people that just see Mandalorian? Like, there are a lot of questions going in. And I know you, so you've seen a bunch of this stuff or have you seen, did you watch all of rebels? Did you watch No, all I hadn't seen all of it. I, I had seen some, uh, I was a huge fan of the Timothy Zahn heir to the empire novels. So when I knew, I knew enough that I knew Thrawn was going to be on. So I made sure to catch that. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, obviously those novels are, what do they call them? Extended universe now or something. They're not canon yeah, like anymore, legends, legends. but the character is 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 consistent with the way it was in the in the novels. So I think that's the important thing that uh, so getting to see him one animated, but now in this show to see him live action, I was like, all right, I never thought we were going to get that because it's hard to imagine. But when you're an old man like me, those Star Wars novels come out in 1991, and uh, by the end of the year, the the Dark Horse uh, Dark Empire series started, Dark Horse comic book series. I, I think we were fairly convinced that we were never going to get any more Star Wars stories the rest of our life. And then those books came out and then those comics came out. And they were they were legitimately really good stories and we we're so excited. And, you know, then we got the prequels and the sequel trilogy and, you know, all this. But so though I was like 14, 15 when those books came out. So they're very important to me. 
So I uh, I kept up enough that I knew that, but I I didn't even see the finale of Rebels. I know for a fact I had not seen it. And I decided I was waiting for Ahsoka to end before I went and saw it because I was like, I was feeling not lost during the show. You know what I mean? We're Watching getting, Ahsoka. Yeah. Yeah. I knew I knew enough. And uh, I have a friend who hadn't seen any of the animated shows. And uh, he he texted me. He was so angry in the one with the flashbacks to the Clone Wars series because he didn't have the context. And also he thought that the he's like the Space Wells is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, well, clearly you haven't uh, you haven't kept up on, uh, you know, some of the some of the uh, Paramount Plus uh, Star Trek shows because uh, it's not even close. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and so I use that friend as an example because people can feel lost watching this series if they didn't have at least some degree of background. Um, we did a special over on the Geekscape network. We did a special for Ahsoka there with a few people. Jonathan, who runs the network, he was closer to me where he'd seen some of it and he felt like it helped. And uh, I think having absolutely no knowledge of the animated shows is uh, is definitely a disservice. And I, I want to bring in uh, our other talking head, uh, our pal, David Brody. David, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. I'm sorry that my entire computer system decided to update when I tried to sign on. So <laughs> I, I, made I, it. I, I feel like the uh, the dark side uh, was uh, inhibiting your uh, computer. Uh, that's uh, Ryan. Ryan, this is Pleasure David. To meet you, David. So hey, Ryan. We were just sort of talking about heading into Ahsoka and some familiarity with the animated series helps, but you don't have to know the inside and out the way Ryan does. And David, I actually don't know where you were. Had you watched every episode of all the animated series or somewhere in between? Well, it's funny that I popped on just at this moment because that was going to be one of the first things I wanted to talk about in that I didn't watch any of the animation. I'm, I'm a big Star Wars fan, but I'm a okay. live action fan. Yeah. Uh, at least, you know, I haven't gone back. I may, I may love the cartoons. I just haven't watched them yet. And so I had to watch a couple of YouTube videos to catch up to figure out the, the relationship with Sabine. And, and, and then I find out that Sabine didn't train with Ahsoka. And, you know, there's this, it's basically all this new canon that if you watch the movies didn't exist. And then they tried to retrofit it in and make like she trained with Anakin and you know, it all makes sense, but I had to, I had to do some research to figure all that out. Um, so I could enjoy episode one. And then I had to go back and watch more videos because I had questions after episode one. And I think it wasn't until episode three or four where I, I felt like I understood rebels and, you know, en enough to get all the references. See, if only I'd known, I could have uh, texted you Ryan's number and you could have just asked him all your questions. I should. Uh, and that. here's going to be a, a blast from the past for you, Ryan. Uh, Ivan Soto oh my God. in the chat saying, uh, this is Rebel season five for sure. Honestly, does it feel like that to you, Ryan? Someone who was, uh, you know, obviously it does continue uh, those threads. Did it feel like that or was it different enough where you're like, no, no, it's it's Ahsoka but it's clearly part of the the shared universe, as it were. Um, you know, I th I think that's a great question. I, I think uh, again, leading into this show, that was what a lot of Star Wars fans were wondering: were is this just going to be Rebel season five, but live action, or how how are they going to do this? Because I, I think there's a world in which you can satisfy everyone, and if you you know provide the necessary like flashbacks or 
previously on or, or some kind of lead in similar to what they did with that Obi-Wan show kind of recapping the prequel sure. trilogy. Maybe yeah. you get everyone up to speed and then you're, everyone kind of feels on the same page going on this show, you know, and again, like I'm probably going to be throughout this show. I'm probably going to be a little critical uh, and like, uh, we'll talk about what I loved and what I was a little disappointed with. But again, I know it's like, it's hard to make these shows. It's a journey. Um, and there's a lot of amazing work, but I think like all this is very, there's some constructive criticism along the way. Um, at the end of the day, I'm in, like I'm in for what comes next after this. But when it, when it comes to the question of, does this feel like Rebel Season 5? I, I think one of the biggest questions I had with this show where I just was left a little baffled was with the decision to where they started the series because it, it was as if, they made the choice to start the series where they did to have everyone on an equal playing field of like, Oh, a lot of stuff has happened since the rebels show off screen. And for people who are just, you know, being introduced to these characters there, they also missed what happened off screen. So yeah. that's going to put everyone in the same playing field. When I actually think it had the opposite effect, I think it kind of made, it was an awkward place to start where a lot happened off screen. So the people who came in who had seen all of rebels, are like, what? There's a lot of, I guess, Ahsoka already tried being a master to Sabine, and that just didn't work out, but it's been five years. It's something along those lines, and now they're trying again. And I, so in that way, like, it, yeah, I had all the characters from Rebels, and they're definitely finishing a storyline from Rebels, but it almost felt like, if you're going to go that route, this is Rebel Season 6, and we missed five. Like everyone missed five. That was that was literally what I was about to ask you. Was it more like that? And you know, there will be definitely be shows that uh, you know shows that I like very much that do time jumps. And uh, you're like, oh, okay. So they uh, they just decided that some other stuff happened, and uh, you know, we have to play catch up. But I think I guess it helps that stuff happened off screen because then that means that everybody is at least missing some of the information. So. Uh, oh, and then also, of course, you should also know our pal Daniel Drew, who says hi to Ryan. Uh, of course, all these all these old friends. There was a, there was definitely some excitement in my DMs when I announced that uh, I was going to be doing a show with Ryan. They love David Brody too, but they oh, they sweet. just saw you. It's They've okay. Just seen you I, I love Ryan too, and I just I, met him. So David Brody's a legend in my book. Well, so. he's, he's also Joe. He's uh he's he's not only from Delaware, but he's uh he's a Phillies and an Eagles fan. But we don't have time for that on this show. Oh well, congrats on the Phillies and go Jets today. So. Oh, see, I told him I was wondering about that. If got, I'm a little, got, you know, he's got a little up, a little down. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a bit of a exactly. cranky mood today. It's yeah, right. Yeah, because the, because they lost to the Jets for the first time in franchise history. Yeah. What? Yeah, but. Anyway, uh, yeah. you know, it's uh, if, if only I'd been in Vegas this weekend. The uh, the odds on uh, the the Eagles and the, uh, the Browns Niners losing, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's where that's where I would have I would have uh, I would have paid for a pool at my new house. But in any case, my uh, my question is for you, David. So actually watching the show, yes, you went and looked up some videos. Do you feel like it was easy enough? that you were able to enjoy the show or was so much happening like i gotta write down all this stuff that i gotta look up you know did you like open up your like an app and like you know or, or like just jot down like i i, I gotta figure, who's this what's that did this happen on the show oh it's something that didn't happen on the show so nobody knows it what uh you know how much of a disadvantage did you feel you were at watching the show david i felt i was at a disadvantage but not as much as maybe people that didn't put the effort in so Fair. i made the yeah. effort to research and 
and watch recap videos and then breakdown videos to see like what I missed and what that meant and why did they have a problem with that person? And so I, I got it all, like I said, by around episode three-ish. Then occasionally I would they'd make a reference. I'd have to look up and see what they were talking about. It was a lot of fan service, but if you're not a fan of Rebels, then the fan service was kind of lost on you. If I'm a casual viewer with Disney Plus and I like Star Wars and I, you know, I like The Mandalorian and I put this on, I'd be completely lost. I would imagine a lot of people went, what, who, who is she? And what's the, yeah. why is Ezra, who are the whales? And, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would say if somebody's like, oh, I've only ever seen the Star Wars movies. Should I jump in uh, at Ahsoka? I'd be like, no, you should start with Mandalorian. It's like, that's a much more accessible place to start, you know? Yeah, that's uh, where I, and, my experience with her was, with, with yeah, with Mandalorian. She showed up on the Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. By the way, uh, Rosaria Dawson is phenomenal. I've always uh, enjoyed her. Uh, you know, um, we, we got to see a lot more of her than uh, some of us might have expected in that Danny Boyle movie, but uh, this is also not the show for that. Uh, but uh, oh, hold on, let know. me get my pen, write that down. Oh, okay, yeah, you should uh, you should definitely jot that down. That's uh, don't, don't just get the recap video, just go just go watch it. Uh, and uh, yeah, her and James McAvoy. It's actually it's a it's a very uh, underappreciated film, but she also ended film. up with Dante from Clerks. You know, so I mean, she's. She's every, she's uh, checking off everything. She was the she was the night nurse on Daredevil. I mean, she's she just, was the uh, night all nurse on all Netflix shows. That's, That's true. Right. Not just on Daredevil. You're absolutely right. Uh, I uh, she was Mrs. I, Cory Booker for a while too. Let's not. Uh... Well, she was just oh, yeah. dating him, I believe. Right? They didn't. Oh yes, but I mean, uh, yeah, the she, same way that he's very accomplished. Very she was the same way as Travis Kelsey as Mr. Taylor Swift at the moment. Yeah, That's, she was his know. plus one for a while. Uh, That's correct. Exactly. Uh, she was his night nurse. <laughs> oh my my bell's nowhere nearby but uh if it was close you would have gotten it for it so yeah and and i you know i felt like i knew enough like i knew who sabine was and i think that that was important and for some reason some of the shows i get on the uh i get on the list where i get advances and then some shows i don't loki season one i got in advance loki season two i didn't ahsoka yeah. i did i got the first two episodes and i didn't want to tell anybody anything but i was like oh it's a good thing that they put the first two episodes together because i'm the dummy i'm like wow they killed sabine in the first episode of the show i didn't see that coming and then it's like oh okay no well they didn't and we're going to talk about all the spoilers the show's been over for a couple weeks by the way been, yeah i think I, we're 10 days removed yeah we're 10 days removed. And also, I mean, we're like two months removed from the premiere of the, the series, but we're talking about everything. So if you haven't seen the show, it's always important to let people know that uh, this isn't the place to go for spoiler free conversation. I find those incredibly frustrating uh, as a host and also frustrating as a fan. When I watch when I and people are like, well, we're not going to get any spoilers. I'm like, well, that's kind of what I want to be able to talk about. Yeah. You know, yeah. so uh, but I think that uh, I there there was a, a lot of things that were interested. I think it's good that we got her in the Mandalorian, that we got to see live action Ahsoka prior to mm -hmm. this. I don't think it would have uh, it, it would have really hurt the show in any way to not have it, but it definitely helped to have her. So what uh, did you have mixed feelings about the idea of Ryan bringing her to live action when you knew she was going to be on Mandalorian and getting Bo-Katan, uh, which obviously also from the animated world, but uh, also uh, uh, expertly done. And I want to call the actress Kara Thrace, but that's her name on Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> oh, no, uh, Catherine. Uh... 
Uh, yeah, well, that'll come to me. But I, it'll come to me in a second. But Katie, uh, isn't it Katie? Katie Sackoff. Thank Katie you, Sackoff. Starbucks. Thank you. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I was I didn't have any apprehension. I was so excited to see her come to live action for Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she's like one of the best characters in Star Wars. I think the relationship with the audience to this character has been really interesting because unlike you, I think uh, I was in the camp with a lot of fans when that movie, the anime movie, came out, where I just wasn't into the character at all. You're talking about Ahsoka, right? Ahsoka, yeah. But I think throughout the series of Clone Wars, um, and especially Rebels, completely fell in love with the character. And it was just such a nuanced, interesting character, like the Padawan of of Anakin Skywalker. Let's talk about that for a second, because of the fact it's like, okay, it's a kid character. And that is already, I mean, you know, poor Jake Lloyd in Phantom Menace. You know, you bring a, a kid character into Star Wars. Sometimes they're well received. Sometimes they're not. I think more people than not uh, like the the young Princess Leia on the Kenobi series. I've definitely heard from people who didn't. But I think that there were enough people that I talked to that were like, yeah, I could see that little girl growing up and being the Leia that we saw in A New Hope. You know, it, it, it's, yeah. not, it's not that much of a jump, you know. I, uh, but so getting her for the first time. But there was that issue of like, okay, so wait a minute. So Anakin has an apprentice. And we don't hear about it in uh, in Revenge of the Sith. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think, sorry, I, just jumping right in. I think yeah, those are some questions, though, that, like, just for the past 10 plus years, like, you're either on board or not. Yeah, like, I, but, I think, I think but a, when that movie came out, it was it was a lot harder to be on yeah, board. It was tough, but yeah. I think that they earned it through those animated shows. And I think the characters stock in terms of, like, overall hype and, and attention and people loving the characters at an all-time high following Mandalorian season two just because her intro was so great that episode was amazing um just like the whole storming that village and you know her fighting uh what is now I guess like she was a night sister and then having that line of like where is Admiral Thrawn uh just awesome I thought this series had like such a perfect tee up um just if people who weren't too familiar with the character and you got that snippet in, in Mandalorian, now you're like, Oh, interesting. Like this is a cool Jedi. And then for those of us who've loved her for many years, you know, like finally kind of getting like a vindication of live action, even though I think both are equally great. Um, so I, again, I think going into the show stock at all time high, very excited. And this is also Dave Filoni's, you know, kind of baby, like this is the thing he has been, he's done a bunch of shows and a bunch of characters, but this is like the first new character he wrote that he's had since 2008. It's been 15 years with this character. And this kind of felt like his big blank check. Like you've done right. so much, such great work for the company, for Lucasfilm, for the song. Here's your show. You can do this show. And uh yeah. Yeah, no, I think that uh it, it makes sense that, it was earned over time. There, there ended up being seven seasons of Clone Wars, right? I mean, yes. there was like, there's one, the one season that just kind of all got dumped on Netflix. And then the, uh, the Disney plus sort of, uh, 
mm, I don't know, requel. I don't know what you call it when a, you know a show comes back after a while like that. Obviously, it's it's easier to do with the animated series, but uh, yeah, the actors didn't age at all. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, I know. It's exactly. It's uh, it, 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 you know, it's 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 easy to forget that there was like those four years that like Family Guy wasn't on TV. You know, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's very easy to do. You don't have to you don't have to try and rebuild the sets. You know, I, right. I think that that uh, that makes it easier. And uh, Rebels was five seasons or no, they were talking four. about this was it's four. four seasons because they somebody said that this was season five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, so, yeah, I think that that's a that's a lot to keep track of. And I think that they you know, I look, I would read a lot of comic book and novel tie ins for Yes, Star Wars, Star Trek, a lot of different things. And whenever they would introduce new characters, there was always this feel of like, yeah, but it's like this character that I'm reading is interesting, but it's not real. And that's why when we were talking earlier, I was so excited that, you know, many years later, the Grand Admiral Thrawn was going to show up on Rebels because I loved that character. I honestly didn't think we would ever actually see him, you know, as, as canon as it were, especially after the sale to Disney. So uh, I can, uh, you know, the fact that Dave Filoni has done such a good job of, you know, saying like, oh, no, we're not just picking and choosing the animated stuff. It, it's all relevant. You know, whether you choose to watch it or not, that's on you. And I don't know. I felt like they did a good enough job, but I had watched a little bit. So I, I think that that helped. And um, I do want to talk about uh, the actual show itself. I think that it it did start strong, you know, and uh, I I think that it's the same thing, you know, when you have Obviously, in, in a number of cases, you're able to, you know, because Katie Sackhoff was the voice actor for Bo-Katan. So that was a, an easy choice, unless I'm mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought she she was yeah, the she voice was. actor. Yeah, she yeah. Was, yep. Right. And um, it's not Mads Mikkelsen. It's, it's uh, Lars Mikkelsen. Lars he Mikkelsen, had done the yeah. voice of Thrawn for the animated series. So, you know, in those cases... It made sense. Uh, but in the case of Ahsoka, obviously, you know, I mean, Ashley Eckstein's her name, right? She was playing her as a little girl. So it made sense that it's like, all right, well, we're going to have this adult version of her. But and just because of where I'm talking about it, let's talk for a second about that flashback episode, because the actress that they cast as young Ahsoka, I was just like, I, I don't know. I don't know where they found her, but uh, somehow they they found the young actress who actually brought that version of the character to life. And it was exciting to see Hayden Christensen in some ways though. I was like, oh, imagine if this had come out before Obi-Wan Kenobi, cause we just got to see him, you know? Sure. And I think it would have had more impact if he showed up first in this show, you know, but then it takes away from Kenobi. So I don't know, but you know, it wasn't like a shock that uh, we got to see him, but Ryan, that of of all the episodes in the whole season, that was the one I was like, I gotta I gotta check in on Ryan. I'm like, how's okay. he doing after after the flashback where they they're you know acting out scenes from the series. We get to see Anakin. We get to see him a couple of times on the show. Yes. But uh, so talk a little bit about just your thoughts. We'll we'll on talk about the series five. as a We're whole. Gonna... But I thought okay. I feel like that's a great place to start. Is that episode? You know. Uh yeah sure. I mean I think um. Right, so that's the World Between Worlds episode. I think it's that's called Shadow Warrior. It's, uh, yeah, that was a really special one. I, I think that was the episode that really turned this, kicked the show into high gear. Um, I, I think there was some stuff missing from the first 
several episodes and just like a bit of an unclear direction. Whereas that one really provided uh, some like meat to kind of bite off. I loved it. I, I thought that was probably the highlight of the series was that episode. I thought it provided a whole new recontextualize, re, totally recontextualized the relationship between Ahsoka and Anakin in a really brilliant way. I thought um, it's easy, I think, in an animated show for a character like Ahsoka, who's, you know, a, a child or like a teenager fighting alongside Anakin to kind of forget that she's a kid. And I think to, that was a big, very bold choice, I thought, in that flashback. Like, none of this, I thought, was like empty calorie fan service. I thought this was very intentional. Oh, yeah, you forget. Like, this was this is a kid. Like, seeing an actor or an actress portray young Ahsoka, you're like, wow, the Jedi were having children fight in this war. Like, it provided a whole new layer to me. And it also, it's not as easy as like, oh, Anakin, they flipped a switch and he turned, you know, into Darth Vader. There was always a bit of um, hypocrisy in his teaching. He might have taught her to be a great leader or, sorry, a great fighter, but I don't think he he really knew how much he was kind of messing her up psychologically. Because there is this theme throughout the entire series, this Ahsoka series that just came out, where she's having trouble being a master and i think that's because her own master was teaching her at such a young age that like you have to be a fighter you have to you have to be in a war you have to know what it's like to to be on the battlefield and like that's that's what makes a great jedi is being a fighter on the battlefield like being a a soldier and i think that's kind of a big flaw for anakin which is that's actually not what makes a great Jedi. Like she kind of has this epiphany in those flashbacks. I feel like that whole episode was a therapy episode for her where she's kind of realizing, Oh, like this, this wasn't all true. Like, I think my master was wrong about a lot of this stuff. Like I don't necessarily, I didn't need to fight. I could have chose not to. And that's actually, I think what kept her away from going to the dark side and what kind of made him, made Anakin go to the dark side and even when they're fighting I think on the world between worlds he has some line about uh you know like you he wants her to kill him and she chooses not to and I think that's kind of the difference between the two of them is that she she can kind of turn it off like she can she can hold back she can choose to to live I think she has that line and I just thought it was a great episode and and the, the whole reason it being live action really elevated it like seeing that that kid be in just a battlefield like a war zone that was wild and it makes that you think like wow the jedi are kind of messed up yeah no absolutely and the fact that you know they didn't just have well you know uh adult ahsoka is reliving it so we could have rosaria dawson there in those scenes and you know logically it would have worked but I, i agree the impact of like Oh yeah, this is a war. And I think that that's kind of the important thing about the Clone Wars was, you know, before we ever got the prequels, we we heard about them. And, you know, it's, you know, my my father fought beside you in the Clone Wars. It's a, it's a line from A New Hope. And it's like, well, what are those? Well, you know, you're gonna have to wait a really long time. But uh, yeah, they, had been, you know, they had even been probably contemplated at that point. I think George had an idea and what they were. But yeah, I agree that uh, it's just like, what is that? Ah, we'll, we'll get to it. Don't worry. But you know, to actually finally get them. But I do agree that if you only watch the prequels, you just watch, you know, episode one, two, and three. Well, I know, but 
the idea that like, oh man, it, it does happen really fast for Anakin, you know, to be able to spend a little bit more time to kind of watch, you know, the struggle uh, and all that. I think the fundamental story goes back to the fact that Obi-Wan was also too young to have an apprentice. So that's this, where I think the first mistake happens. Great Jedi, all that. I get it. But, and so then Anakin has an apprentice and then it doesn't necessarily go the way that anybody would have wanted it to. And perhaps Ahsoka ought to also have not had an apprentice. So it's an interesting, it asks a lot of questions about, you know, the, the lineage of like, where's, where's the mistake? I mean, I think in, in Phantom Menace, Ahsoka, I mean, Ahsoka, sorry, Yoda is like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think this is a good idea. And it's like, ah, oh, what does Yoda know? You know, everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but because we started with that episode and I, I think it's great to sort of juxtapose, uh, David, I assume that you figured like, okay, I, I, I understand what these scenes must be. Um, did you feel like it was good character stuff or did you feel like it was fan service for a fan who wasn't necessarily you? I think Ryan nailed it in his breakdown of that, of that whole episode. Um, I thought it was a little bit of fan service. I think if you're a huge fan, you're like, this is awesome. Look at that. I mean, the girl was great. I mean, she looked like a young Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, but I think you, you nailed it in that. Wait a minute. She's she's on Mandalore in the middle of a war and she's like 12, 11, whatever, however old she was. Yeah. And they weren't protecting her. They were like, you know, look, the lightsaber can do a lot, but it can't protect you from getting shot in the back. You know, she, she was at war against Mandalorians. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought I thought it was interesting for me to see the backstory, which I then, you know, I, I went back and, and looked more into it. Um, but I thought it was a fantastic episode. Her her interactions with, with Anakin were terrific, especially because I only knew that her master obviously failed because he turned yeah. to the dark side and then, then killed everyone she knew in Order 66. So probably not the best teacher in the world, but he did teach her some things that, that lasted and stuck with her. Um, but the fact that she had a a come to Vader moment, we'll say, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with him where she realized, like she had this epiphany where, wait a minute, my life was a lie. I can be better than this. You weren't a great teacher. You taught me some things, but you were wrong. Like, I think she never, as a child, would have said to Anakin that he was wrong. But as an adult, she can look and go, you know what? He may have been wrong. And plus, yeah. she has the, the beauty of hindsight, she knows he turned into Darth Vader. So she already knows he made mistakes along the way that she probably should not repeat. Yeah. And uh, because we're speaking about it, I want to uh, shout out uh, her name is Ariana Greenblatt. And it's not just because her name is similar to mine. I felt like uh, we should actually shout her out because she did a uh, tremendous job yeah, yeah. playing the uh, younger version of uh, Ahsoka. You know, the basically it's the, you know, the animated series version. Of, of her you know from that that uh point oh my god but, yeah so i i think uh she did a she did a tremendous job and uh you know i honestly i i wouldn't be shocked if we ever saw her again as uh, a young ahsoka um and you know there w when we we sort of uh, talk about the series as a whole uh we'll definitely wind things down in this hour well, hour plus, uh, where we'll talk a little bit about what we think uh, should happen next, what we expect to happen next, all that. But I think that, uh, you know, it's because 
Dave Filoni is so heavily involved, not just with the animated series. The fact that he's on board for these live action, that's why the attention to detail, there's such care in bringing these people to life, you know, like bringing Katie Sackhoff as Bo-Katan, you know, actually giving giving Ryan the, the Cad Bane that he wanted just, you know, a little bit later. But, uh, you know, I think you would have liked more time with him, but uh, that's, yeah. that's neither here I nor mean, there. I, I was going to say just one quick thing. Sure. I think, like, the other thing that's just big about that episode is there's this through line uh, that, like, oh, she never completed the training with Anakin. Like, she says that several times yeah. in the episodes leading up to that one. And that might be a reason why she can't be a successful master because she never com- finished the training with her own master. She's definitely found a lot of things out along the way on her own. And I think she's like a great Jedi, but she, and when it comes to being a master, she never saw that end. And, and yeah. all this happened with Anakin kind of off screen without her. And I think she, in a way does finish the training by kind of reconciling with what she's kind of repressed about him and her mind. And that like, she's acknowledging like okay like he was flawed like there was a flawed individual training me in certain yeah. areas i mean and- look I, I i there might be something to be said for not finishing your jedi training because if you think about revenge of the sith uh all the jedi who did finish their training all the mace windows and everybody uh how did they do against the emperor <laughs> and you know i don't care what yoda told him luke didn't finish his training in return of the jedi he's like all right i gotta leave tatooine so i can go finish my training and yoda's like Look, I'm about to die now. Your training's done. You're fine. You know everything you need to. Really? Yeah, but he I'm also sure didn't you, beat the, the last time I saw you. Sorry, the last time I saw you, Yoda, you told me I shouldn't leave. But okay, I guess I know everything now. And I'm sorry. What'd you say, David? Oh, I said he didn't beat the Emperor either, Luke. It was That's his true. father who had, I think who, who yeah. defeated the Emperor. That's a great point. That's a great point. It's yeah. a great parallel because well, he doesn't finish it in Empire. And he goes and gets his arm cut off and he yeah. loses. And then he does finish it after that. I think like she she realizes her master Anakin his legacy was was death and war like there's that incredible shot of him going back to the battlefield and there's like some explosion and he like blinks as Vader for a hot sec I think they do that a few times yeah like one of the coolest shots but there's a great mirror actually between her and Luke in that episode where when she's fighting um Anakin in the world between worlds I think like holds a blade to his neck and it perfectly mirrors that moment in Return of the Jedi when Luke is like battering Vader and he's about to like go in for the kill blow. And then he kind of like realizes and, and restrains himself, regathers himself and stops. She does that too. Like they both have this moment of considering killing him. And Anakin um, considered it because, or sorry, Ahsoka considered it because she was trained by Anakin and inherited yeah. that kind of gene. And same with Luke, like that's on a, a more father son level. I think they both have that like killing DNA inside of them that connects to Anakin, but they both choose to live. And that's what makes them great. Like they have like the best parts of Anakin and can kind of remove the worst. I want to bring uh, this comment into the chat from our pal, Daniel drew, who's always uh, so uh, thoughtful. He's talking about Anakin and the relationship with Palpatine, uh, which I always give uh, such credit to uh, to Ian McDermott, who plays uh, Senator Palpatine and, of course, also Emperor Palpatine, just because of the way that he like underplays the character in Phantom Menace. Say what you want about Phantom Menace. He's just amazing. He's like, 
He's like, I, I don't know. I can't believe that I'm the chancellor. I mean, me? I, I, oh my gosh. I, I hope I'm up to the, te-, you know, and uh, it just, he's so great. But this idea that, you know, he obviously, he takes Anakin. So Daniel's saying that he's literally being groomed from the age of nine. It happens over time to trust your groomer. You can't downplay the level of manipulation Palpatine had over Anakin's formative years. And to the extent, I mean, he had no idea. You know, he thought that uh, this guy's your friend in the same way that uh, Ben Kenobi is, you know. Sure. They only called him Obi-Wan at that point, but you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, I think that uh, when you peel it all back, it's it's so interesting to explore the backstory of, you know, I mean, arguably the most important character in all of Star Wars, because without Anakin Skywalker's, you know, descent into Darth Vader, you, you don't you, there's no need for the first movie you know so it really all stems from anakin and just getting that in-depth of the uh exploration of it i think it's important and uh you know i think that uh i had thought about this when i did uh i did a previous show about this the fact that uh lucas went back in the special edition and put uh one of the special editions and put Hayden Christensen in instead of the actor whose name was Sebastian Shaw in the end it like lends itself to this idea that he can be that Anakin here and uh, somebody told me that I think it's a novel but it's a novel that's considered canon there's times where he shows up as old Anakin and there's other times where he's the the younger one uh was that something that you were aware of David you, you raised uh, your hand no there. no and I'm not sure if I've mentioned this in previous videos we've done but let's put our, our, our ourselves in luke's place at the end of jedi yeah in the original version he looks over he sees yoda he sees obi-wan he sees his father right yeah. then they change it to hayden christensen if you're luke skywalker you never saw a picture of your father as a young man so you're looking over there going there's yoda there's obi-wan kenobi who's that kid yeah <laughs> Yeah, is, I, is he looked it, over and smiled like there's is, my dad, but he'd have is, no way of knowing that yeah. was his dad. Is, is that is that my buddy uh, Biggs's nephew from uh, from Tashi Station that I, that I met once? You know, <laughs> exactly. yeah, that's a great point. Uh, it must be, uh, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I think that uh, it, it definitely makes it easier for it to be young Anakin or you know younger Anakin. And uh, look, I I understand uh, CGI manipulation. I understand good lighting, but. Uh, God bless Hayden Christensen 20 years later. And he, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, it's not like uh, they had to de-age him like uh, De Niro and the Irishman, you know? Sure. So it's like, Ford, yeah. Yeah. Although they did oh, a much they... better job de-aging him this time than in the Obi-Wan series. Yes. What do you think about that, Ryan? You agree? Yeah, no, for sure. Okay. I, yeah. I thought he looked great. I was, I was so psyched to see him. I think, uh, that's another big win for me on the show. And something I loved is just seeing Hayden Christensen back and kicking butt and nailing it. I think like as amazing as George Lucas was, it's pretty clear that like this guy had a better performance in him and it might've just taken like a different guy directing him to maybe bring the act, the good acting out. Yeah. Not to say he is that bad in the prequels, but I just think he's a lot stronger in this. Well, he um, also isn't whining. They had him whining yeah. all the time. And complaining and being well, a brat. And, and I, mean, I will also say this: like I'm probably getting way too into this now, but I thought that's what I know he here. watched the he watched the animated show before this. I guess. Christensen did, and you could tell he was channeling like vocally 
the performance of the voice actor who did the Anakin and the Clone Wars show, I could tell he definitely was mixing the two. And I thought that was also really cool to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it is a, an interesting point. His name is uh, Matt Lanter. Matt Lanter uh, yeah. He has, even with Hayden Christensen, you know, taking up the character a couple times in the last couple of years, he's still, you know, done so many more hours as Anakin Skywalker, yeah. you know, is, is Matt Lanter. So uh, I think the, the idea that he would uh, give that much re- respect to a different actor's performance, uh, I, I think that that, you know, speaks highly of it. Uh, what I wanted to also focus on, though, is uh, a couple of other uh, characters that we're getting to see. I think it's uh, very easy to get uh, the jo- the droid. Who is his name? Huang or how? How do you? Hu, like Hu Yang. Yang. Hu Yang. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Hu Yang. And of course, it's uh, it's David Tennant, uh, who is phenomenal. Uh, you know, uh, uh, many people's favorite Doctor on Doctor Who, David Tennant. Uh, sure. He's also a great voice actor great actor in general but uh so that that was easy enough and uh it, it was uh, i'm sure uh, welcome to see him uh i have to uh shout out uh genevieve o'reilly as mon mothma who uh you yeah. know she was great in um andor andor thank you <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple of couple of words i've been looking for tonight a little too much sun at the pumpkin patch ryan i appreciate it all good all but, good but uh yeah so getting to see her in andor you know and uh that actress uh you know coming back as my mothma i think it was great you know and uh you know really getting to you know we know that character so much more because of really you know really andor i mean we really got to spend so much time with her but uh i think that was great but i want to ask you ryan specifically uh, you know, I mentioned Lars Mikkelsen as uh, as Thrawn. What are your thoughts on Ezra, who we don't really see until later uh, in the series, but it is very clearly an older Ezra. He's you know, he's got a beard. So uh, the uh, the actor, his name is uh, Iman Safandi. I believe I said it correctly. Sure. And if I didn't, it was close enough. Um, what did you think about uh, sort of the reveal? I mean, it was it was. I, I don't know really the backstory. I feel like the voice actor for Rebels was not someone who could play in live action. You know, maybe, I'm, this, maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. But I thought this guy did great. I thought he he was another big uh, highlight for me in terms of what I loved about the show. Just a perfect older portrayal of, this, of that character. I, I was really thrilled with everything he did. Um, I think, uh, yeah, and when it comes to his performance, the, the actor did great. I thought, um, you know, when it comes to writing, maybe some things left to be desired, but I thought his performance was great. And uh, what did you think of uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as as Hera? Which, uh, unless I'm unless I'm uh, uh, mistaken, it was uh, Peg Bundy was the voice on the uh, the anime series. I forget who voiced her on the animated show, but I but Mary Elizabeth Winstead I thought did fantastic. I think uh, I think you know this might sound a little nitpicky but there was something a little off-putting i don't even have a solution for this but there was something a little off-putting which is how like green she looked just i think i'm so used to watching the it, animated show but i was like yeah i mean that was that was green. really green right yeah <laughs> something odd i don't know again i don't know how you yeah. fix that I, I, no, I, and the, I, the act the actress's name is uh, vanessa marshall i just always thought she sounded like uh, peggy bundy i, I didn't mean to but yeah i thought she did, I thought she did well like it, yeah, yeah. there's it's tough when 
you know, and just uh, just uh, I, I like to I like to give credit where credit is due. Uh, Ivan Soto made go. sure that uh, that we had that. Anyway, finish your thought though, Ryan. No, it was great to see Hera. I mean, amazing character from Rebels. I it, it's it's funny. Like I I think talking to some people who didn't watch Rebels, <laughs> just seeing like what do you think of this character? They're kind of like just another. <laughs> they're like, is this just another Rebel fighter? Oh, I guess she's like a general and she has a son who might be force sensitive, um, which makes her a little more interesting but you know it's not a ton to do i thought i thought great performance just not a ton to do yeah right and go ahead david i was just gonna wonder is she goofy in the animated series because on the show she lacked seriousness for a general like she she was almost like sitcom-y yeah so wait are you saying are you saying she gave you a cpo sharky vibe uh david yes Yes, okay. you definitely. Yes, thank you very much. Perfect it's, reference. It's Don Rickles uh, for uh, for people that aren't old, yeah. like, old like David. She and just I. was like, I just kept seeing like the the freeze frame, you know, like at the end of the episode with her. Like she was just for someone who's a general and is supposed to be a leader and noble. I thought she was too unnoble to be a general, and and yeah. and too lighthearted all the time, even when she was serious. And I'm sorry, who brings their kid along on an intergalactic mission? That seemed weird. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I valid mean, if you could criticism. find a babysitter, uh, yeah. you might as well come with us. Yeah. What they, what the, uh, the, uh, the new Republic doesn't have, uh, children's services, you know, to, uh, you know, follow up. It's like, I don't care that you're a general. Right. <laughs> Why couldn't you find somebody to spend time, uh, with your kid? Uh, obviously for, you know, people that are just fans of Star Wars on the whole, you know, that come from the original movies, live action. There was one surprise appearance that I think, uh, you know, just delighted oh, everyone. And of course, oh, that dear. is our friend C-3PO. And uh, I didn't know that uh, that there was any chance that we were going to get to see him in this. And, uh, you know, uh, David, you might not know this, uh, but Ryan works in post-production. Uh, and I was just I'm just thinking now as I'm talking about it, imagine if you were working post-production on this show. So you knew like a year ago that like C-3PO shows up and it was like, I'm the only one. Know. Like, it's just it's in my head. I couldn't imagine carrying that around, you know. But for me, I was just so glad to see him. Yes, I I think that obviously the passing of Carrie Fisher, the only real solution was, well, 3PO's got a message from her. That's very logical that she would do that. You know what I mean? And you have to like suspend the disbelief. I would much rather get Anthony Daniels back as yeah. C-3PO than have some kind of uh, AI Carrie Fisher DA great be a message, you know, any, you know, anything like that. This yeah. was perfect. I loved that. What did you think, David, when the three PO just, you know, saunters well, in there into the hearing? Well, first of all, she, she usually gives her messages through R2D2. So this was a change for her. Um, you know, she yeah. recorded her, her message for Obi-Wan. Right. Uh, I, I, I um, audibly yelled in my, in my living room. When he walked in, I was so ridiculously excited because to me, that was, you know, I'm watching this show that's in the world I'm used to, but I don't really know the characters other than Anakin popping in. Yeah. And then to have him show up, it was like the ultimate crossover. It's like you're watching Guardians of the Galaxy and you didn't really read the comic. 
then Captain America pops up. You're like, oh, okay, it's Marvel. <laughs> to, ha to have him come in to me was like, now it's Star Wars because C-3PO is in almost everything. Right, he and R two D two are in all the movies. Nobody else is. Right, and, and that was that was George's like original vision when he was. I think at one point he was going to do twelve movies, and he thought that that was going to be the third line through all of them. And uh, I think that that idea makes so much sense that uh, you know Disney, JJ Abrams, every, everybody was like, "Well, no, we still we still need to have them," you know. And, and so, yeah, I think it's important to uh, continue to to have them. But uh, back to what you're saying, David. No, I just loved it. I, I hope Anthony Daniels lives forever. But this is a character that if he wasn't around, you could still continue. You could emulate his yeah. voice, but you never see Anthony Daniels. So uh, much like Chewbacca, you, you just keep going. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I just I was ecstatic. The message he delivered, the uh, gravitas that he has in that world, like no one's going to argue with C-3PO. Right. He could have been lying. He didn't really prove that Princess Leia said that he didn't have like, you know, a hologram video from her. They, they, yeah. they took his word for it because obviously they watch the movies. They know he's C-3PO. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think R2-D2 would lie, but I honestly I don't think C-3PO yeah. can lie. Oh, D2 is you know? a, D2's a yeah. scammer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. He's yeah, he's a. Uh, you know, he's he's calling up retirees, asking them for their credit card numbers. You don't know which this front, which is his back. He's spinning. <laughs> he can't, true. you know. <laughs> um, Ryan, what did you think about, uh, you know, C-3PO walking I, I, in there? I don't have a ton to say. I think it was great, really great to see him. I, I, yeah. It's an absolute delight. Yeah, uh, no, think, no. And, and I think it's, you know, they they wisely... It wasn't in any of the materials. It wasn't in the trailer, you know. Uh, so I, I think it, I think like sorry. I think the the thing like I would love to to just like talk about is because I think this moment with him popping up is relevant to this. Is just like the overall writing of this show because sure. I think like a big a big hurdle for me for a lot of this show is, and Star Wars in general, it's like, we all go into Star Wars stuff with different, wanting different things. And for me, and maybe even for y'all, it's moments. And like, this is a great moment when he popped in, like that was awesome. And that gives you the chills and makes you nostalgic. It's great. Um, it makes sense for all the reasons you were just saying, but I think there was a lot of stuff in the series that just, I found so questionable in terms of the writing, which was the, one of the last things I expected because Dave Filoni has been writing Star Wars for 15 years. Yeah. Some of the best Star Wars we've gotten over the past 15 years. That was kind of the last thing I expected to encounter with like having an issue because a lot of this stuff was a little bit of empty calories for me um, on, on a, just a straight up writing level. I thought this was executed. Well, it was great to see him, but like I, I was kind of confused with that entire storyline of there's, they're giving Hera problems when she like wants a fleet to go to this planet that Ahsoka claims there might be some bad stuff going on at. And they're like, I guess there's Imperial people that are, have infiltrated the rebellion. That's kind of what they're hinting at there. And yeah. That's why they're giving him so much crap and, and not. Yeah. I, I think, you know, knowing that the, that this leads to eventually, you know, the first order and the sequel trilogy, knowing that there is the infiltration, I think that it makes sense that there's the resistance. Uh, Daniel drew again in the chat, uh, the particular council douche, 
the one who was really giving the pushback on 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 uh, Hera that uh, you know basically has to shut up when three PO shows up. Uh, he was the father of the lead character of Star Wars Resistance. I I actually don't even what Star Wars Resistance. I, he says he's a jerk there too. Star Wars Resistance he, is another animated show. That, oh, um, okay. That is it Disney X H D X. It was Disney XD is probably like the least popular one, and I don't actually think Filoni had any um, writing like contribute contribution to that, and that that takes place between. That takes place right before Force Awakens. That's like the timeline of Resistance. Oh, okay. It's like two or three years before that. I didn't know that. That's an interesting little um, yeah. Easter egg. Well, that's, that, that's, that's why I need Daniel Drew in literally every chat yeah. for everything I do. He He's like the, you know, he's the, the one-man encyclopedia slash Cliff's Notes, you know, I mean, uh, so, did, yeah. Did any of that give you pause, though? Because I found myself yes. wanting to leave every single scene that wasn't Ahsoka and Balin and Shin and on another yeah. galaxy. And every time we cut back, I'm like, what are we doing here? Yeah. I, I think that as we're going along, the expectation was a payoff that we didn't get. But I, I also, I mean, my biggest problem with this show is that it doesn't even come close to having an ending, you know? And it's like, if there's another season, great. I can't imagine that they, the story wouldn't continue, whether it's another season, whether it's like, you know, Disney plus movies, you know, maybe one or two to tie it up. But I feel like you can't end it the way it does without continuing the story. So uh, I agree, you know, the you, Ryan, you said empty calories. There is definitely that feeling because there's a lot of it. That's so fun. Uh, you know, characters that, that I knew well enough, like I said, you know, getting to see Sabine for the first time. And I'm like, yes, they did a great job casting her, you know, and all that and getting to see characters that, you know, varying degrees of familiarity all the way up to C-3PO. Um, you know, you mentioned Andor earlier. And when we cut away from him and Andor, it was still interesting. Honestly, those scenes with my Mothma probably shouldn't have been as interesting as they were on Andor. You know what I mean? Oh, my Where God. It's like, incredible. No, but, incredible. Right. Incredible. But it, it's just like, okay, so. That's the other like, thing. It's yeah, like we've seen it be amazing. Yes. You know what? We've that's seen just, stuff with her be amazing. Yeah. Like well, Shakespeare. The and reason then to see it was, this, you're like, eh. <laughs> the big difference is that Mon Mothma was a bright woman who saw the saw the danger, right? Yeah. She right. she took everything seriously. What we got in this one, which which Ryan pointed out, that the the dumb senator, he's the captain in every cop show <laughs> who doesn't who doesn't you get out of my office, you hand in your badge. I, I, he, yeah. he's the, you're you're you know, you're off the force, McGarnacle. Right. right, right, right. Every horror movie where they don't believe yeah. there's actually a killer. Yeah. Every time, like, how, you didn't see that? I didn't see anything. You must be imagining. It's a cliched, awful, shake your television character yeah. that he played. And you're like, has he not seen the movies? Because evil <laughs> keeps rising. But this yeah. time, no. This time, this is gonna be no He's evil. Like, no, no. Yeah, you're clearly <laughs> nipped it in the bud. You, you, uh, even though it's well, it, it, it's actually dealt with on this series. You know, and I, I thought he cliche. I, Ryan's right. right. The writing that part of the writing was terrible. When you have legitimate people giving you legitimate uh, context, and yeah. you're like, oh, it's impossible. Well, if it if you're wrong, the world's gonna end. So maybe just let her go off. Let her try. And if she's wrong, she's a general. How do you not trust her? You're an elected official. You're a bozo, which is what we deal with in real in real life, right? You have elected officials 
who are acting as experts in areas they're not experts. And sure. he should have been smart enough to say, you know what? I don't know what I don't know. You're a general. You fought these battles. If you feel there's an imminent danger of us being completely destroyed, 1%, go investigate. Yeah, I, I think I think they are also playing on a, like, oh, he's a mole. He's an imperial mole. I think that was something they're yeah. alluding to there because they're like. And everyone else is stupid for not realizing it. That's the other uh, thing. It's, I somebody think it's in the scene stupid. That that's a thing. Like I I don't want to be the the guy because Andor. I mean we we can talk about Andor another time. But Andor is like flat out amazing and amazing. Yeah. some of the best Star Wars ever. And I think like it's all right to have different flavors of your Star mm -hmm. Wars writing. It's all right to have one that's a little more like adventurous and not like the Tony Gilroy incredible drama writing probably will win best drama at the Emmys this year writing. I think it's all right to have different flavors, but it was off putting when like an actress playing the same character from one show with like this style writing pops up in this show and you you just know how great she is and how uh, like given the right material, it just flies off the screen in Andor and then seeing her in this, it yeah. just, it was a little disappointing. And I, but I also think like, unfortunately that's how I felt with a lot of this show is right. there was a lack of tension throughout this entire series. I mean, I'm sorry if we're jumping around, but... No, it's okay. Yeah, That, that, that was a big flaw I had here. Like, And that's something that's I have not felt with the other shows. Like, I think Andor, Mando, Obi-Wan... You know, Andor and Obi-Wan, those are two shows that like we know those characters live because they're in stuff that takes place after. But they do a great job of still kind of like pulling out the drama of like, oh, this relationship with Anakin, Obi-Wan, even if it wasn't all a home run, it's, I'm still tuning in each week, wondering what's going to happen. And I, every single character in the show, I thought had plot armor. Like there wasn't a single one I thought was going to die, except for really the witch character who does die in the finale. Yeah. And, and, and then except for Balin and Shin, because those are two great, real, such a great new characters introduced perfectly yeah but ahsoka not for a second no <laughs> i think she dies no, Sabine, not but for, she, when she gets stabbed not for a second right but she, she could die in season two because the same way you watch the, the prequel series and you're like oh look at the jedi council there's no jedi council in star wars four you know episode <laughs> right. four so you knew they're yeah. all gonna die so none of these people are in the pre or in the the sequel trilogy true so Thrawn could die at any moment. Not, obviously, he's a great character. But this whole bunch, they could either be trapped in another galaxy, right, where they bring him back for for um, for Ray's next movie, or they're all going to die because they're not in Seven. So yeah. they have plot armor for now, but they don't have plot armor for Seven, Eight, Nine. Totally. Right. It, it, it's 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 plot Kevlar, but there's like a zipper up the back. So, right. you know, it's not it's years. not as secure as it could be. It'd be very uh, quick have, to just to have it yanked off. Well, it's have, just I, tough. I, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I did want to just comment on Mon Mothma now that you made that analogy. And I've been thinking about it in the last five minutes. Mon Mothma from Jedi and yeah. Andor would have found a way to either have that guy killed or dis <laughs> or removed from the council. She would have blackmailed someone to take him out. She wouldn't have sat there and been like, "Yeah, we voted. Sorry." She would I, I agree. I agree with you. But I seen a scene of her in an alleyway saying, "This guy is going to cost us everything." But and then he's now, dead. what that make me makes me think what you're saying, David, is it's actually 
it supports their approach for the series because it's like, yes, that Mon Mothma would have been able to pull that off, but that's how little influence she's able to have. She, you know, she has it up to a point now, but this, you know, former Imperial future Imperial element that has infiltrated the new Republic is actually too strong. And uh, on that note, I always like to give Daniel Drew credit. He wants to point out that resistance is actually months before episode seven, uh, star killer base uh, destroyed at the Hosnian prime system from episode seven. So just uh, because uh, I want to make sure that uh, when, when Daniel knows more than I do, I want to make sure that I share it with, uh, with everybody, you know, I need to look, he makes this point too, by the way, that the ghost, the ship, from rebels does show up you see it in episode nine which i forgot until he said that actually. but i mean yeah, who's in it flying. yeah yeah right so the exactly. Millennium falcon you belong to someone before han solo who knew yeah and then we knew yeah i i think there is a thing with the right like i think another element of the writing though just minus you know who's in future stuff or not it's just the way they wrote this show you're there's no way thrawn like the whole show is about like, Oh, we have to go stop him. We haven't even seen him yet. It's like, so I know he's fine for the show. So when there's this thing in the finale of like, he might not get out, he might not escape. It's like, he's escaping. Like that's, (laughs) it's going to be fine. And like Ezra, we just got him back. He's going to be fine. So when, you know, there's all this buildup to like, will he make it across the platform or is he going to fall and die? I'm like, he's going to be fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or even with Ahsoka, like uh, this, this idea that, you know, oh, Balin pushed her off the ledge and she must be dead. It's like the show's called Ahsoka. Like (laughs) she's not going to die. Like, I just think there's some, uh, what's a great example is at the fifth episode that's in the world between worlds. That's a different kind of drama, different kind of tension. It's like all relationship and. I no. just think they needed more of that. I mean, a, a lot of our popular culture is built on uh, villains who don't go the extra mile to make sure that they've been successful. It, you know, and that's why I think Thrawn is such a strong adversary because he's like, are you sure she's dead? Because I, I, I don't have a good feeling. You know, if if Grand Admiral Thrawn uh, <clears throat> took on James Bond, he wouldn't have made it through the second act of Dr. No. You know, I mean, it, there, there, there would have been have told, nothing. He wouldn't have told Batman that uh, yeah. we'll be on the bank on third and main <laughs> while you are waiting for the pendulum to slowly lower yeah. over the next six hours. Uh, and uh, obviously, you know, uh, we can we can talk about uh, this show and Star Wars all night. But uh, as as I, I look towards trying to wind down, we've sort of mentioned in passing. I do want to talk about Balin and Shin. Uh, Balin it was uh, portrayed by an actor named Ray Stevenson who uh, was also one of our uh, Punishers. Uh, he was yes. in Punisher Warzone. Uh, not necessarily our worst Punisher, but definitely our worst Punisher movie. Uh, that's not Ray Stevenson's fault. But um, I thought that Thor, he was... A friend of Thor's. Right. I, I thought that he was great. Ray. And he has unfortunately passed on since this show uh, was filmed, which, you know, obviously... you know, the, the Such a loss. That yeah, it's like the 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 a loss of life is uh, obviously tragic, but it's just to think about like, oh my gosh, what he would have been able to do if there was more of this. But I thought that it was interesting because he and and Shin and uh, Ivana uh, Sakano uh, was that actress's name. Yeah, the, I thought that they were great because it wasn't like our usual, you know, 
Sith and, 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 and apprentice, you know, they're not they're They were definitely in business for themselves, which I thought was interesting. You know, yes, they were mercenaries, but he had a bigger picture. And I thought that that was interesting. And they only scratched the surface on that. And I think it's important to talk about how great they were. We got some great lightsabers, uh, lightsaber fights with both yeah. of them. You know, they I thought that they, they, yeah, they that were... was great. You know, oh shit, what's the matter? What happened, Ryan? <laughs> Sorry, I was frozen for a hot sec. Oh no, no, you look fine to My us. So, no, it's probably okay, us. Okay. I, I, I thought you said something wrong. No, I know. I was like, wait a minute. Did you work on this show? Did you know no. something that? Um, but no, it's fine. And and if you freeze, uh, it'll unfreeze. Oh, good. Oh, good. I got worried. I was like, uh oh. No, no, no. We're good now. No, we had that problem um, on our last podcast. Yeah, we that's we had, <laughs> that's true. We did have we had some issues with, with my buddy Eric. Uh, but in any case, uh, yeah, so I thought they were great. And I think that's one of those important things to to talk about. And I, I want to get your thoughts on the, the the characters. But Ryan, the way that the show ends, you know, there's that that statue that, that we're yeah, I mean, if you don't know the backstory, it's just like, okay, I guess I gotta Google that, yeah. which is what I did. Um, talk about that though, that reveal, the way that the series ends, the way where you're like, there's no way that this story isn't going to continue in some way because of, of what it sets up, you know? Oh my God. Um, very complicated. So, well, first off, he's amazing. He's the highlight of the show for me. I thought he had the perform best performance in the whole show. I loved him and Shin's dynamic. It was something I so mean, new. So, so, some of us might say Chopper was the best, but agree to disagree. That's fine. <laughs> some of us might say was Chopper. I thought he was the best bad guy since Vader. Is that going too far? Wow. I uh, maybe. I, I mean, he's great. Like he, yeah. it's, he's he's better great. than Kylo Ren. Wow. I, th I think he's great. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's awesome. <laughs> I I loved the mystery. Like I was so intrigued to who he was from the yeah. jump. I thought the the intro to him doing a callback to Phantom Menace, just with its own little unique twist and them not being Jedi, but they're not necessarily Sith, but, and he's a former Jedi. I was so keen on learning like more about his backstory. I think there was even like a theory floating around that maybe like Qui-Gon was his master at one point. I don't know. Like there were all these fun things going on and his performance was fantastic. Um, and he had this physical presence that even when they're fighting, you're like, this guy is a master and he's a brute and, but he's also so intelligent um, I, I gotta say highlight for like the first seven episodes was Balin, but he wasn't, they weren't even in the seventh episode. I was so disappointed yeah. with how the series ended with them. Um, a th great reveal at the end there being, which we can get into, but yeah, well, t we, yeah, Shin, we don't need to dwell on it, but I think it's important to talk about what that reveal right. is and, well, why and, it's and Shin's, yeah. Shin's endings just going with a tribe. You're like, Okay, but yeah, so Balin, it, I guess he wanted to get to this other galaxy for a different reason, which was to get to this planet where there's these statues that reminded me a lot of like Lord of the Rings, but they're they're referencing something from a Clone Wars episode with um, these three characters, which is like the father, son, and daughter, and they're kind of like the three shepherds of the Force and um, like the good, the bad, and the in-between. And uh, there's a whole episode where Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka happen upon this planet where those th these three beings are there. And they don't. it's kind of like confusing as to what they're doing, who they are. And then you learn that they're, they have a greater power and they're all very um, involved with the Force. And I think what that ending shot was implying was 
that Balin is like searching to maybe take one of their places. Cause in that episode of Clone Wars, um, the son dies and the father dies. And at one point, like Ahsoka is about to take up the mantle of being the daughter and Anakin might take up the mantle and they escape. You got to go see the episode. It's a great episode, but they're definitely hearkening back to that. And I think what's kind of cool, I actually thought what was cooler about that reveal had to do with Anakin and not necessarily Balin, because we talked about the force ghost Anakin in return of the Jedi I've always wondered, like, why didn't he pop up in the sequels? Like, why isn't he talking to Luke or anyone in the sequel trilogy? This might be their kind of writing um, way to answer that question, which is maybe Anakin, the character of Anakin Skywalker, has taken up the mantle as either, like, the father or the son in this Force trinity. Sorry, these are, like, really complicated big ideas. No, no, but, yeah, but, I mean, it's important because, uh, you know, they, they touch on it in the end, and, and uh, you know, if, if you're like me, and and I assume you too, David, you're like, all right, clearly something's important, but <laughs> yeah. it, they, nobody yeah. told me. I didn't get, I literally didn't get the memo, you know? And that would I'm be on the edge of my seat cool... Ryan right now because I didn't know any of this. Well, that would be <laughs> such would make a sense. cool... You got to watch this episode. It would be such all right. a cool It would make sense for Anakin to, to be the father, though, since he was vader right and i think that'd be such a cool way of keeping his character relevant in a in an interesting way in that he's this kind of is his excuse for not appearing everywhere as a force ghost because he's doing he's on another plane (laughs) of the force but i think this would be really interesting and fascinating way of keeping Hayden Christensen around and also the character of Anakin Skywalker around. I was also curious if like Ahsoka being trapped on that planet, does that mean she sees Anakin at the end there? Does that mean she's going to stay and maybe be the daughter? I would kind of be disappointed with that, but that's uh, another route for that character to go, to go. And then what happens with Balin? Is he another, is he also involved in this? Uh, it's a lot of questions. And I, but I do think it's stuff like this that is my favorite part of this series because the world building and the big swings it's taking are very intriguing. And I wish there was more of that throughout this show. Um, It's just unfortunate that it's kind of sprinkled in around a lot of um, not, not tension filled writing. (laughs) Or as I like to call it trade federation esque stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that uh, I, you know it, it's look you can have the conversation about uh, what a what a great uh, you know adversary Balin was and uh, you know I think that having a Shin sort of really match up early on uh, with Sabine I was just like oh yeah this this works really well um, but I guess uh, we should also talk about Morgan Elsbeth who's the you know ultimately the witch character who also of course ends up. Uh, passing on you know so uh that i guess that was sort of uh um i don't know you know i mean it was i guess i was guess it was anticlimactic but no i guess it was more that it made the most sense you know that that's really where she was supposed to end up and we still have these witches that they get away with um with thrawn and you know Ezra stows away, which you know that that wasn't shocking. And uh, you know I think we all knew that uh, you know when it ends with the stormtrooper, we're like, okay, we know who that is. Um, it was a little, it was definitely a little anticlimactic in the way of like, 
I don't know. There's been a lot of things that I've seen lately where it doesn't actually have an ending. And yes, of course, uh, you know, you can you can make the case that a lot of Star Wars doesn't have an ending. A lot of people will tell you Empire Strikes Back is their favorite movie. Uh, as a as a kid, I was in Furious Four when I saw it, and I'm like, how about an ending? You know, and uh, that's yeah. that that's that's why uh, you know ever since I've been seven, I've been uh, I've always been a Return of the Jedi guy. But I felt like we needed a little bit more of an actual ending to this, and if for any reason they never continue the story it'll be infuriating <laughs> oh but, you know what they're gonna do they're gonna finish it in boba fett <laughs> i mean i hope not. yeah I, I, yeah i was frustrated by the ending of this yeah a lot i was very um, frustrated. but here's the thing if they do pick it up uh i mean we had a writer strike and an ongoing uh sag after strike so uh it would be no time soon you know uh that uh a lot of you know, I, I on on another show, uh, another episode of this, I was talking about how, you know, when a show used to end on a cliffhanger, uh, the example I, I talked about this for uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Uh, for people who haven't seen it, season two ends on a cliffhanger. That's all I need to sure. say. That show won't be back for about two years because they didn't go into production before the strike. It needs a lot of time for effects and uh, they spend money on the effects. They look good. You want them to take the time. It's going to be a while. But like in, I don't know what it was, season four of The Next Generation, when you used to get 24 episodes of TV shows, uh, that ends on a really big uh, a big cliffhanger. And uh, Picard has uh, been assimilated by the Borg. Well, that was in May. And then in September, you saw what happened. You know, and then sure. yeah. now the thrilling conf- conclusion. Which- well, it's not the case anymore. And like, how long is it going to be? And, you know, Andor was the same thing. They... They were, I don't know that they were in production, but I know they were writing the next season. So it's like, we're going to wait for a long time for all this stuff. And obviously it's important that the creative people involved be compensated. And, you know, the the writers ratified their deal and hopefully SAG-AFTRA does the same thing. But then once you get past that part, it's like, oh man. We had to wait a long time for this stuff, you know. I, yeah. I, I wish, I wish I could get excited about procedurals that are that model where they have twenty-four episodes every year and they only take off like four months, you know. <laughs> but uh, so it's going to be a while, Ryan, and that's going to be a lot of time where it'll be swirling yeah. around in your head where you'll wake up in the middle of the night like, wait a minute, what about this? <laughs> Maybe this is where it should go I think, next. I, think, you know? I, I know what you're you're hitting on. I think, uh, th- and that's all the more reason I think to have more be a little more critical of just where they left off here. I, I think like my, my biggest problem with this ending was it really hammered on the fact that I don't know if this show was, this gets so brutal, but I don't know if this show was necessarily about anything at its core for Ahsoka. I think uh, you could argue maybe this show is about Ahsoka reconciling with her past to yeah. become a better master. And if that's the case, um, I don't know if it was, I think it was successful in certain areas and not successful in others. I think like with a lot of the other Star Wars shows and movies, you can point to exactly what they're about with like Mando. It's a lone wolf and cub. It's, it's also about being a father in the later seasons. It's about going back to your creed, your community. And even in season three, um, like, do you belong? What lengths will you go to, to protect like your child? Um, same with like Obi-Wan, it's reconciling with your mistakes in your past and kind of like facing your failure. 
and Andor obviously is about like so many amazing things, but this show, I don't know what it was necessarily about. And I think Star Wars is the best when it is about something and also taking huge swings and this really cool world. And I just, I don't think they were very successful with everything with Ahsoka. And I, I felt a little empty when it ended because yes, Ezra's back and yes, Bail- Thrawn's back too. Exciting. Um, I know we're getting like a movie with Thrawn yeah. and, and hopefully, and that's going to be interesting. I kind of wish we got to see more of like Thrawn being this incredible brute force. Like I hate to compare it to Marvel, but when you get, this is, I guess like the Thanos villain for this section of star Wars. And by the time you get Thanos in Marvel, you're terrified of him. Like you've seen yeah. a bunch, you've seen what he's capable of. So when you hit Infinity War and Endgame, it's like all hands on deck. We know what we're what we're up against. And I think, yes, if you watch Rebels, if you read these books, you know this character Thrawn. But for this show, I think they were a little too reliant on that other source material. He was great. I thought his performance was great. And they're, they, he definitely displayed his cunning warlord, you know, skills. But like when, when Ahsoka's fighting, uh, what is it, Elsbeth? Elsbeth? Mm-hmm. I not for a second. I think you know, Ahsoka's gonna lose that fight. Like I think yeah. I, I liked how they lean more into witchcraft. I think that's a really cool thing this show did. Where oh, this is kind of like the evil force. This is this is like a different thing that's in this galaxy that people can use to like move things. And I, I thought that was really interesting. And maybe that's what Thrawn's trying to get more of like a grip on is he's using witchcraft first, like Jedi. Awesome, but there just wasn't enough of that and. I, I, there were just big moments that I thought were lacking in this finale. I wanted, I wanted the embrace of Ezra and Hera. He comes off with the stormtrooper helmet still on. It's like, dude, I would have taken that off the second I got on that ship. Like, what are you doing getting on? I don't know. There's just some crazy stuff. Sure. Yeah. Where I'm like, yeah, that made no sense. That was so that we would think that that was an enemy for a split second. Yeah. yeah. We knew it was like, why would they, right? Why would the helmet be on? I, I want to, as someone who didn't, doesn't know Thrawn. I also had a problem with it because when, when the guys come back and they fail and they're like, they got away, I expected him to kill them, right? You failed. I'm going to kill you. Now, I don't yeah. know if they're dead or not. You know, they may already be dead. I, I, don't, I don't know. He didn't do anything evil. He did some tactical things, like you said, but I'm looking at the guy and I go, all right, he made some good moves. But then he did the thing where he's like, send two ships to go get to go after them. Why not send a hundred ships to go after well, them? Yeah, yeah, so you yeah. Get them. Well, I think that, yeah, that's his recognition of the risk reward, the nature of the threat. Uh, You know, the the more interesting thing about him, uh, which, you know, when he's first introduced in the Timothy Zahn novels is this idea that he's an art aficionado, but it's in the way that he knows pretty much everything about all these planets that he's conquered because of his extensive study of their art. And he's just very thoughtful. And he thought the best Thrawn moment in the series was when he found out that Ahsoka's master had been Anakin Skywalker. And even like, he's usually this unflappable guy and he's like, Oh wow. I didn't see that coming. Wow. Okay. So (laughs) she trained from the guy who became Darth Vader. Okay. I didn't, Okay, let me let me let me hold on and not move any pieces on my chessboard for a little bit because uh, we're clearly playing a different game here. 
And, uh, you know, I mean, sort of the thing he says at the end when he gets away is that, uh, you know, basically, you know, you you might have been able to best me, but today you weren't, you know. Uh, and, yeah, I think it's the promise of Thrawn in the future is is what we're getting here, unfortunately, you know, because I agree. I would have liked to have seen more. Uh, but, uh, you know, whether anybody like David didn't know the character ahead of time, uh, that's fine. You don't need to have that. But. You know, uh, Daniel actually said something great in the chat. Uh, I think there needed to be more character development and less off-screen references to thing that even Rebels fans hadn't seen. Uh, show us, don't tell us. You know, I think yeah. picking the most important moments, those exchanges between young Ahsoka and Anakin from Clone Wars and, you know, incorporating them live action. Uh, that's like, all right, let's get everybody up to speed on sort of, you know, her present day journey through her past uh but i don't know look i find her to be a very interesting character and i agree with sort of what we were talking about at the beginning of the show when you first see her in that rebels theatrical no, sorry the clone wars theatrical movie she's this kid who you know they're bringing along on missions to fight the clone wars you're like what what is this character like you know and it takes it, it takes some getting used to but uh i you know when she showed up on uh, when she showed up in Mandalorian, I was like, okay, this is really cool. Uh, obviously, Mandalorian had some uh, pretty cool reveals. Uh, she ended up, that that episode of Boba Fett, that was mm. basically an episode of Mandalorian. She's right. in that, right? Yeah. She so, is, yeah. Yeah. So we see her there, and, and we see Luke in that one. Yeah. So there's a lot of, you know, so we've gotten a lot of, of her story. And as long as, as long, and, and look, Dave Filoni is definitely a guy who has it all mapped out just assuming the powers that be let him tell the stories that he wants to. I, I have faith that it might take a while, you know, like my, my, my son's eight and he's seen the original three star Wars movies. And that that's it at the moment, you know, uh, by the time he's in high school and he's seen everything, maybe that's when we'll know this conversation that we're having right now will finally pay off in Whoa. like, you know, nine years, <laughs> but uh, I hope not. But, you know, it, it it definitely it definitely happens that way sometimes, you know. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah. But on, on the whole, uh, I was I was interested. There was a lot of stuff that I liked along the way. Um, I you have to reserve judgment about like, OK, I hope it all comes together and I hope there's a great payoff. You know, another season of this prior to a Thrawn movie, you know, I, I think would be what we would need. But. Who knows what we actually get? Uh, they, they, uh, they, they stay very tight-lipped uh, over there. Not that Ryan would know anything about uh, Disney staying tight-lipped about any of the projects that they're working on. That's uh, that's all news to you. But all news. Um, I, I want to make sure that uh, we get any final thoughts about this uh, season slash possibly series. But I, I feel like it's season one to me. That's how I'll feel. Uh, in fact, the title of this episode refers to it as the season one reaction show. Uh, and, you know, if there is never another season, well, this was still season one. But, um, David, I want to get your final thoughts first about uh, the, you know, sort of the what we saw in these eight episodes, what's coming next, and just your general feeling about Ahsoka. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, I would have liked to have seen 12 episodes. I feel like the plot armor problem happens when you have a shortened season because you can't kill, let's say, Sabine. Oh, I've only seen her for a few episodes. If I'd seen her for... 12 episodes, then maybe there's a chance, even if she doesn't, there's more of a reality that she might die 
because you gave her 11 episodes, right? Um, I, I, I'm looking forward to the next season because now I know what's going on. Yeah. Right. The only thing I would have done differently, I think, I mean, obviously there's a lot of, we've talked about, I would have added a good character that died, right? Morgan Elspeth died. I would have yeah. had a new character introduced or maybe a rebels character that was tertiary. Someone needed to die on the good guy side and, and not the, the, the turtle people. Somebody needed to die <laughs> to show some reality in the, in the show. The same way, like, was it, is it, um, pause Vizsla? Mm-hmm. Which Vizsla died? Yeah. It's pause. Right. The one with the machine gun, right? Yeah. There was, he died. Sometimes the good guys die. And I think in this episode, there weren't enough good guys for anyone to die because you only had like three or four of them. And I think you needed somebody else to take the bullet, you know, the laser to die just to show you that like they don't have plot armor. Not a, that's what I found was missing as far as the good guys. Yeah, Someone needed and, to bite it. And Daniel uh, echoes what you're saying that the, his continuous problem with the Disney plus shows, not just star Wars, six episodes is too little for any story to work in live action. Uh, I agree. I, I would like a little bit more, you know, uh, I think that uh, these shows would be hurt by the old uh, 22 episode model, but 10, you feel like, okay, it's a little bit better. 12 would be great, you know, but uh, you know, I, I don't know, but at the same time, let's, you know, let's remember how great that season of Andor was, but knowing that there's going to be more, you know what I mean? So Anything that stands alone, uh, they should give us a little bit more time. Uh, Ryan, uh, sort of same question to you as we we wind down. As you think back on the show and think ahead about what's next, uh, where, where, where's your head at with all this, Ryan? Yeah, I think uh, it was an exciting show to watch week to week. I think there's a lot of – I think I love the big swings this show took. I loved the the World Between Worlds live action introduction. I love that Hayden Christensen was in the show. I love exploring a new galaxy. That was all very exciting to me. Also incorporating witchcraft, um, the zombie troopers I thought were fun, like stuff like that. There were a lot of new ideas and new things that, or maybe they've appeared in like other content or shows or comics or books, but to, to see it on screen and these, that stuff really excited me. I just think the writing it really is the writing, like first and foremost, just after, and especially after a show like Andor. And I get it; not every show is going to be like Andor, but like it really needed another pass. Um, I, I think it was an awkward place for the show to start, and this feels like a show that's going to be required viewing to understand a lot of other stuff that's going to come out in the future. And I think it might be a tricky, um, a tricky route for some folks to kind of get through this and and maybe not bail early, but um, there was no clear. I also think there just has to be a clear thing that the show's about for, for if there's a season two, uh, a lot of convenient writing around, but it didn't, it didn't make up for, uh, there's a lot of great moments throughout. And so I still had a good time. I'm still all in. I'm still very excited to see what they do with Thrawn. Uh, I'm curious if Ahsoka's going to be trapped in this other galaxy for a really long time, or if they'll be able to harness those whales again and, and go back but um yeah i think the one other thing we didn't really touch on was the ahsoka tanu sabine wren relationship sure yeah that's a great point another that was just a thing that like the whole first half of the season relied on and unfortunately i just did not think those performers had the best chemistry 
Um, and that was also a big leap for me because, or sorry, a big hurdle for me. I, I had a lot of a hard time kind of caring about the two of them when it just did not feel like they were on the same page. Which, as, as you know, had these, this, you know, a similar story happened with the animated versions of these characters, you probably would have, it would have been easier for you to be invested. You know, I mean, it's, it's very hypothetical, but uh, you feel like it was really the, the on-screen uh, chemistry, the performance between yeah. the two of them. I don't know if it's an acting thing or a directing thing, or even if it's the writing, I think it's all three really, but that was just a, a hard pill to swallow yeah trying to and care about these two main characters when i just did not i didn't buy their prior relationship and then it just wasn't all there for me and i think it's gonna they really are after ahsoka reborn is now like ahsoka the white right for the rest of the show i was excited to see them back together but yeah, and a lot of that I think is coming from you know Dave Filoni, as brilliant as he is, like he's not absolved of criticism. He's he's an animation director, and he's still kind of getting his chops in live action. I think he's definitely improved as like an, a live action storyteller, but he's not fully there yet. So I I think that's kind of my I'm 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 in yeah, I'm and optimistic. And to give him credit, you know, being a partner with John Favreau, obviously, you know, with the Mandalorian, I think goes a long way to sort of, you know, being able this, to see the transition. The show was lacking. I think it was missing a Favreau element to me. That's fair. Yeah. That I think in the Mandalorian. And, but it, and it's he, not there. Um, yeah. We were talking about Sabine and uh, one of the, the, the few names that I didn't say that actress's name is uh, Natasha Lou Bordizzo. And I saw her speaking on a red carpet. And of course she's British. Everybody's British. I, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, you know, I'm just like from the shows that I watch, I'm like, oh, I, I had no idea. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, she had the look down, but, you know, I didn't really feel that about the chemistry. But as you're saying it, some of those scenes didn't work as well as they could have had they been different characters that we had seen previously in Star Wars. But can you uh, hopefully we get a let me just say, let me hopefully we get another uh, season to see them uh, work together and uh, have it grow. What were you going to say, David? I was just going to ask Ryan if live action Sabine was like the cartoon Sabine. Honestly, obviously she's older, but my problem with their chemistry is that Ahsoka was very serious and morbid and did the arm folding thing. Like her arms were folded all the time, all the time. She walked out her arms folded like, like a, like a teenage girl in a mall, right? She was just grumpy. (laughs) And, and Sabine, the the dynamic between Qui-Gon and, and Obi-Wan and, 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 uh, you know, it, it was it. They were sort of on the same page. Ahsoka was very serious, and your life depends on it. And Sabine was like giddy, fourteen-year-old girl who didn't take anything seriously. And I didn't think they connected. She wasn't. She wasn't into it. And there was just a disconnect. It was like older sister, younger sister who didn't want to hear what her older sister had to say. And plus the fact that they didn't even have a relationship in the cartoon. And she's not even force sensitive. And yeah. she's not really good at it. But then she she held her own against Shin who actually is trained the yeah, whole right. character didn't work for me. So I'm glad that you brought it up. I didn't. It's I didn't... tough. It's tough. I mean, I, the question of did she, was she similar to the cartoon? It's, it's different because I think there's a good like six, seven years between the series and like, she's kind of grown up and Ahsoka's at a different stage. And yeah. so there's a bunch of 
I guess they are, they are similar. It's just, they've taken into account that like they're older and a little more mature, but yeah. When Sabine's like this universe is equivalent of what like punk is. I was kind of hoping yes, perfect there was, yeah. yeah, I was kind of hoping for a little more. Um, I, I don't know. I just never really bought. I mean, like this is, again, we're going a little long. They tee up her learning to use the force early. And there's several sequences where it's like, I'm going to try to get something. It doesn't work. Try to get something. It doesn't work. And we're kind of just primed of like, eventually it's going to work and there's yeah. going to be a moment. And okay. She force pulls, I think the saber or yes. something like that. I so didn't buy her immediately being able to force push one of her like best friends, like someone that she considers as a brother and risk his life to like get onto that ship i just that was a a, a bridge too far for me yeah like, very <clears throat> shortly after you just yeah. pulled for the first yeah. time it was I like way becoming a saber master it was like um uh, what's i think it's name? worse than that it, it it's not as easy to believe worse, as yeah. as luke upside down in, in hoth he can't quite reach the lightsaber he closes it, it it only moves like two feet you can buy that you know at that point his training is almost non-existent but yeah, he could get it. He could get a lightsaber to jump in his hand. But yeah, I agree. This was this was too. This was like skipping a few steps. And uh, yeah, I think that uh, you know maybe some of it just uh, some of the character development didn't feel uh, earned. And maybe that's the biggest criticism for people who had even less to work with for uh, some of these characters. You know, like you have David sort of talking about uh, finding them for the first time. But well, I do hope that there's uh, more before too long, and we get another chance to talk about it. But for now, I think uh, we covered as much as uh, I, I was hoping we would and, and a little bit more. But uh, I want to give uh, you guys a chance uh, to let people know where should they want to continue the conversation or if they've enjoyed you, David Brody, where can they find you? Oh, well, if you did enjoy me, you could find me uh, on all social media at David Brody, B-R-O-D-Y. And you can find me on the Brooklyn Boys podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. It's two guys from Brooklyn talking about life with a real attitude. But right. funny. We try to be funny. I think we try I think to be we've been successful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, Ryan, uh, you know, yeah. I know that uh, over the years you've popped up in a lot of places uh, and I appreciate you taking the time to be here uh, with us today. Oh God, of course, There was, like I said, there was nobody that I wanted to talk about uh, Soka with uh, more than you because I know your familiarity with the character and the animated series and all that. But I also really, I always enjoy your company and I know that oh. uh, it's, it's harder to do than it, than it used to be when we were in the same building for hours and hours out of the week. So yeah. uh, I appreciate that. But if uh, people want to find you, where could they look for you? Ryan? I'm at I'm Twitter X, whatever uh, at, at Ryan Nilsson, R Y N I L S E N on Instagram at Ryan Nilsson underscore. Yes, I know. Unfortunately, you have to, you know, our our, yeah, our, 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 our buddy Kevin would tell you that. you need to be consistent in both places, but uh, oh, sometimes right. it's out. Of, no, sometimes it's out of your hands. But uh, I will leave you on sentiment that uh, that David and I don't share. But uh, earlier, Larry in the chat, you can see his oh, uh, avatar. Uh, there's the Philly fanatic. And uh, go Phillies. And, uh, you know, uh, over over the past week, it was very easy to root for the Phillies against the Atlanta Braves. Oh, my God. Uh, Yes, that's 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 very easy to do. Uh, And, uh, you know, David and I, we were uh, part of uh, there were five of us total who did a uh, MLB playoff preview. 
and uh, we were way off. Like oh. where now I did pick the uh, Astros to win the World Series, so it could still. Happen. I think I did too. So that yeah. Yeah, everything else so we got, we would kind of hedge our bets a little bit. But, right. but I, I gotta get out. I gotta get out of here. But I thought that they were gonna beat. I thought they were gonna beat the Dodgers. So obviously, what did I know? You know what I mean. So, Jim, uh, I, the think, I think uh, I had them getting. I had them losing to the Dodgers in the NLCS. I had them. Yeah. Well, you know, but it's the Diamondbacks. Come on, you know. Oh my they, God. You know. It's uh, and and uh, I'll I'll let uh, people know behind the curtain uh, after that the game where the Braves were eliminated. I did text Ryan and I go because we we live in L.A. I'm like, you know, it's only a five hour drive to Phoenix. I know, right? and now and I he's might like, he's like, Saturday. damn it, you're going to cost me a lot of money, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, yeah I hope so. I like, I might need to <laughs> but, drive out there. Yeah, Shit. Uh, it's a nope. it's an interesting place. I've seen I've seen games there, and uh, they they almost never play with the roof open because uh, <laughs> it, it makes it a hitter's ballpark. So uh, yeah, but who knows? Anyway, I know people that tune into our Soka show didn't want to hear any baseball talk. That's why I saved it for the end. Um, but so now uh, let's talk I, politics. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Perfect. Perfect timing. Uh, but uh, Ryan, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And David, uh, thanks for staying up late with us. And, yeah, really. uh, you know, uh, what uh, all that happened was that you uh, had to focus on us and, and not the Giants Bills game on Sunday. That's night. OK. I'm going to go watch Daryl Dixon now. So it's all good. Oh, perfect. Uh, yeah. So uh, if you want to see any more of me, obviously, this is my channel, Blackcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. You can find the audio version wherever your podcasts are found. Uh, I do a show called Marvel Movie Talk, which might sound uh, very similar to another show that uh, Ryan might remember. But yes. uh, we do that for the Geekscape Network. And uh, David was on last week. He'll be on again this week. We're doing a weekly wrap up of Loki. Fridays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. And also at that same time on Tuesdays, I do a show called Who Are These Broadcasters, which can be found on the Who Are These Podcast Network. I'm on X and uh, Instagram at Christian DMZ. Doesn't so sound please right. find me over there. I know it really doesn't. I still <laughs> like to call it. Uh, sound right. That Twitter. explains your upbeat personality. Being on X. <laughs> exactly. So uh, with all that being said, thank both of you, thank everybody in the chat. I uh, appreciate uh, seeing some familiar faces. Uh, that is all the time we have for now. Uh, I believe our next episode, uh, I'm going to have a, a, a gentleman who some people know. Uh, he goes by Carlos Danger, which uh, you can uh, look up that name. Uh, we are going to, uh, in the honor of Halloween, we are not going to review the classic Texas Chainsaw Massacre or any of the uh, varying degree of sequels that followed. We're going to look at the Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre from last year, which uh, the word massacre is right there in the title. And uh, well, it's fitting. So uh, join us for that next time on episode 565 of the black cast, which just sounds so crazy when I say it out loud, but that's not this time on the black cast. That'll be next time on the black cast.
listening to The Bladcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Bladcast. That's B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. You can also subscribe to the audio version wherever podcasts are found. I'm Farad Muhammad, and if you want me to voice your podcast intro, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at F-A-R-D-M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. We will see you next time on The Bladcast. Hello. I'm Conrad Bain. What's the matter, Senor Luigi? You look a little nervous. I'm very nervous. No invite. <laughs> Who are you, Christian Bland? We're Christian, you are, you're a talker. Talk you like the I worst broadcast ever. Well, this has been the Blackcast. You can find me at Christian DMZ. Jeff Duray not on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I'm getting ready to break into a Slim Jim. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know music, and I knew immediately what the song was. Yeah, of course. It's, this is not a good game. But you haven't heard Christian Blatt do it. Oh, that's true. I forgot Christian Blatt did that with us. The Blattcast. So Thank you, Christian. How is it that Wendy is so much better at this than Stunt Joe, Chad, and Kevin Brennan? Whoa! Hacka hackas. As pissed off as Vinny is at you, yeah, you yeah, should yeah. be at Christian Blatt and Eric Zane. <laughs> this one came in from uh, my buddy Christian Blatt. The Blattcast. Thank you for the 199, Christian. Uh, Cardiff, grab your guitar to play whole lot of Rosie. Mousies? The Blattcast 199. Who's had more hands up their bum? Chad or Tukey? <laughs> Chad. Thank you, Blattcast. Blattcast. The Blattcast is 100% right. Uh, the Bladfest. The Blattcast. The Bladcast. One of the best podcasts you can ever see, the Blackcast. Whoop-dee-doo, we're watching it. We got no Wi-Fi. We can't hear a thing, but we love it. Go watch the Blackcast. Good luck with the whole thing. And, you know, here's to another 500. Get you to 1,000, you know, which is more than 500. Last time I checked. Totally forgot. I am doing the Blackcast tomorrow. Uh, the Blackcast, 499. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. We're closed. <laughs> that was not my fault. He loves you all more than a friend. I love Tukey. Yay! <laughs> hacka hacka! Along with David Gorn.